Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. We are back for episode four. We're going to be talking about perfectionism, people pleasing, and boundaries when it comes to changing our habit or our relationship with alcohol. And this will impact you not just with alcohol, just so you know. This has been a huge learning curve for me as I have evolved over the last five years and really been intentional about getting more of the life that I really wanted and not the life that I was told I should have from society, um, not checking the boxes, really the life that I was really craving. And it doesn't always fit into our society, which I'm totally good with at this point in my life. So let's start with perfectionism. This is such a big one. And women often suffer from perfectionism more than I see men suffering from it. And I don't mean to be gender binary. I understand there's a whole spectrum here, um, but we're going to, for the sake of today, not get into that. We'll let other podcasters tackle that and educate us on that topic. But in general, I think it's a fairly uh, good rule to think about women as struggling with perfectionism. So this is a huge struggle for me. I often hear from clients, and I was somebody who said this uh, years ago, that I am an all or nothing person. I'm either all in and doing the thing at 150% or I'm doing absolutely nothing. And this has been true for me when it comes to dieting and um, trying to shrink myself, which is how I describe dieting. And honestly, in the second half of life, I have no interest in shrinking myself figuratively or literally. Um, but I've tried every single diet known to man. You know, I was all in. I was going to do Whole30. I was going to do keto. I was going to do Weight Watchers. I was going to do all the things. And I get really energized and jazzed up front. And the second there's a teeny glimmer of failure or there's something coming up that's going to ruin, quote unquote, the diet... I gave up because it wasn't perfect. So tackling this idea of perfectionism, and that doesn't mean that you don't strive for excellence. I want to throw that in there because I really think that clients get confused with this. They're like, but if I don't push myself towards being the best or doing the best, I'll never excel. And I can tell you from personal experience and walking clients through this over the last three years That is about the biggest lie we believe. And we'll talk in future episodes about limiting beliefs, but this idea that it has to be perfect or we cannot fail um, is just a lie. It's not true. And from my own personal experience, I have, I'm healthier than I've ever been. I have lost weight, although I haven't weighed myself in a couple of years. I just have to weigh myself at the doctor's office and at gyms when they have some sort of a challenge that I want to join. But outside of that, I don't weigh myself. I know what my body needs. I trust my body. When I'm hungry, I eat. I eat. When I am 
um, not hungry, I don't eat. (laughs) Sounds pretty simple, right? And so I trust my body. I don't look at external factors to tell me what I should quote unquote be doing. So there's tons of perfectionism here. And so many people will make that kind of stop them from even trying because if they can't quit altogether or they can't be perfect with this right off the bat, then they don't try. They just sort of quit and they go to the other extreme where they're over drinking constantly. Um, how many of you have been on some sort of a really strict diet or you've done a 30 day break of alcohol and on the other side of that, you're a crazy person and you're grasping at it and you're just wanting something that will feel comfortable and pleasurable because you've been depriving yourself for so long. We do not suffer from too much pleasure in our lives. That is for certain. We are suffering from way too much deprivation. So all I would ask is if this topic is challenging for you and you're thinking, nope, Rachel, I, if I don't strive for perfection, I'll never get anywhere. I would just ask yourself how this has been working for you. Over your lifetime, how is this idea of perfectionism and avoiding failure at all costs, how has it been working for you? And if it hasn't been working uh, really well for you and getting you everything that you want, then I would say let's try something new. Let's try something new. That's all I ask. Now, with perfectionism, people-pleasing is uh, something that goes hand-in-hand with perfectionism, right? And so we want to be seen as a woman that supports other people and makes other people happy And we're socialized as women to please other people, sometimes at the cost of pleasing ourselves. Oftentimes when I'm working with somebody at the beginning of their um, journey with, you know, cutting back or quitting alcohol altogether, they'll say things like, well, I'm really worried that the people around me are going to think that now I think that I'm better than them. And I want to not make them uncomfortable when I choose to not order a drink at the table and they want to order three drinks or they want to order a bottle of wine. And so that is people pleasing. You're sacrificing your own needs and wants for the people around you. I know my first episode was around partners. I hear this a lot too with partners. Well, you know, my, my husband or my partner kind of like, you know, felt like, well, I don't want to drink alone. And I thought we were going to have a cocktail tonight together. Uh, That is people-pleasing for you to decide that you're going to have a drink to please your partner. If your partner loves you, if your friend circles love you, if those people at dinner love and care about you, they do not care what you do. And when you can be confident in that decision to say, no, thank you, I'm not drinking tonight, or whatever you want to say, I don't even care. Like, come up with whatever works for you. But... Do not sacrifice pleasing yourself for the idea of pleasing other people. And we have done this forever. I did it the entire first half of my life. And I'm no longer doing that. Pleasing myself is much more important to me than pleasing the people around me. Does that mean I still don't do things for people and I still am not generous? Not at all. In fact, the more... 
that I please myself. And I also realize when I say please myself that, um, that could have some sort of a sexual connotation. So we'll just throw that out there. So that's fine. If that's what works for you too, if that's pleasing for yourself, go for that too. Um, but anyway, the more that I, um, and am confident in my own decisions and I'm listening to my own inner knowing I'm pleasing myself and comfortable with my decision-making, the more I actually have capacity to give to other people. So once again, this is just this huge lie we've been sold that if we do this, if this is the way that we live, everything's going to explode. All of our relationships are going to go away. No one will love us. We won't be worthy of love. And it is a load of shit. So once again, I just ask if this has been working for you. I mean, if this way of, of living and pleasing everyone else and giving away all of your power and autonomy in your own life. If that's working for you, please keep doing it. But I'm guessing you're not listening here today because that's working for you. Boundaries is another huge topic that I talk a lot about with clients. Um, This is a really big one and it goes hand in hand with people pleasing and perfectionism. So we have a really hard time setting boundaries and we're kind of like, well, I don't want to be a difficult woman. So I'm not going to continuously reinforce this boundary because I said it once and they didn't really get it. So, you know, I don't want to be difficult and say it again and again and again. And my question to you is why not? Sometimes we have to teach people the way that we need to be treated. And when we are new to setting boundaries and we have been a human doormat for a lot of our lives, that can be really difficult for the people around us because they're used to one version of us. And when we start throwing boundaries all over the place, it might take them a little time and we need to give them some grace there. We need to continuously be very clear about what our boundaries are. Um, You know, I've had to say to a few people, I am not drinking for the foreseeable future. And so I would really appreciate it if you didn't ask me again, if I was going to have a drink tonight. And that includes my husband. And when I've had that clear conversation on a second or even third try, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I just, I didn't realize that that was hard for you. So keep that in mind. You need to be very clear with people. And sometimes it takes a couple of tries to get people to understand what it is you're really um, saying and to get clarity on that. You might have people that are never going to understand this boundary and respect it. And you're going to have to choose if those people get to stay in your life. Sometimes it's family members. And so it's hard, but you have to choose if those people get to stay in your life. If they are unwilling to respect the boundaries that you are putting up. The last thing I want to talk about, because I think it really kind of goes hand in hand with all of these topics is saying no. I work with so many really high achieving women and they are saying yes to so many things that aren't even in alignment with who they are, but they want to people please. They want to be seen as someone that can handle it all. She's such a badass; She can do it all. So, you know, if I say yes to all these things and I tell people all the things I'm involved in, oh my gosh, then that must make me the badass woman that I've been, you know, building this persona around. And maybe a badass woman actually says no when she means no. 
I have a client that I'm working with currently and she's part of the PTO at her child's school. And she's like, well, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, but they haven't asked me yet. So maybe they won't ask me. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, maybe they're not going to ask me. And I'm like, how about you be proactive and you tell them no. So then you don't have to have that mental load of, am I going to do the PTO again? Or when are they going to approach me? How am I going to say no? And, you know, she's a little hesitant and there's a little bit of a control piece to it too, where she's like, I want to know what's going on in my kid's school. You know, I want to know what's happening there. And I get that. So we have to balance that need for control and to be in all the things with aligning to ourselves and saying, this is not really in alignment with who I am right now. doesn't mean it's forever. Maybe next year will be different and that will be in alignment with who you are and where you're at in that season of life. So saying no can be really difficult, especially at the beginning. And you can do this any way you want. So I, you know, give people some guidance here if they're struggling with it. Um, you know, sometimes people will say, Oh, why aren't you drinking? And I'll just comment back because I don't want to. And that's it. I don't say another single word and they give me a look and there's an awkward pause and then they move on. That's typically what happens. I don't give them any more information. I don't tell them, well, I'm really trying to cut back because alcohol isn't good for me. And I realized it was really affecting me. And I saw a functional medicine doctor and I was worried about my health. I don't give them all of that. They haven't earned the right to hear all of that yet. And maybe they never will. So I just say, you know, because I don't want to. And that is the honest to God's truth. I don't want to. If I wanted to have a glass of Prosecco or I wanted to have a glass of wine, I would do it. Speaking of perfectionism, that is the doorbell ring and my dog barking. And you might hear that on occasional uh, episodes because I am not perfect and I don't care to strive for perfection. So this is real life. I have a real life and I live in a house where doorbells ring and dogs bark and cats walk in front of computer screens and kids are running around all the things. So I do have a real life. I'm not in like a fancy studio and uh, sometimes those things happen. So, uh, yeah, what a great time to do that when we're talking about perfectionism. How interesting. So the saying no topic, you know, we really just need to figure out what works for you in this scenario. Um, some people have a really hard, hard time just saying just no. <laughs> so figure out uh, what works for you. Sometimes I'll encourage people to create a script when they first start doing this because it's so new for them. Should we be able just to say no as women? Like, no, I'm not interested. Uh, of course we should. Um, but that is not where we're at in society and not how we have been operating for a really, really, really long time. So uh, we have to kind of take some turtle steps into this for sure. So think about what that script could look like so you can make it a little bit easier to potentially say no when something comes up that isn't in alignment with who you are. The last thing I want to talk about is the emotional impact of all of these things. And I talk a lot inside my program about emotional intelligence. This has been for sure the hardest work of my life over the last five years to better articulate, understand my emotions, even feel them. Sometimes I would literally say I didn't have any. 
And that was not true. I'm a human being. We all do. So uh, the downside of some of these things like perfectionism, people-pleasing boundaries, um, or lack of boundaries, is that we often experience some pretty intense guilt and sometimes even shame. And I want to just remind you, this is, you know, Brene Brown and other researchers have, you know, defined guilt and shame in this way. So guilt is, I did something bad, it's directed towards behavior, and shame is, I am bad, and that is directed towards self. So if we can't get things perfectly right, or if we drop one of the plates that we've got spinning in the air, sometimes we do experience guilt, sometimes we experience shame. And when it comes to drinking, when, or, or really eating, you know, any sort of a diet plan or whatever that we're on, when we quote unquote fail or have a a misstep, there's often shame involved there. There's often the thinking, whether it's conscious or subconscious, but there's thinking behind it that's saying, what is wrong with me? Why can't I stick to this? Why can't I do this? I can do so many other things and I can't seem to stick with this. Something is wrong with me. And that line of thinking isn't unusual. So many of my clients experience that, but it's not productive. It's not getting us anything. In fact, it's just sucking our energy. I mean, to believe that thought that we are, something is fundamentally wrong with us or, you know, we just can't handle it and we're, you know, lazy and we have no willpower. I mean, that is really debilitating to believe about ourselves. And I can tell you for certain, we would never say something like that to a friend that confided in us. So when I have a client that's like, well, I screwed up this weekend. I had three glasses of wine. I only planned on my drinking plan to have one and it just got out of hand. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. Nothing happened. It was just three glasses of wine. Okay. You're not letting yourself off the hook with this. I just want to say that because I think that's such a misconception that if we don't, you know, keep our nose to the ground, we're going to, you know, lose, lose ourselves in all of this. So it was just three glasses of wine. No one died. (laughs) What did we learn from that? So versus having the shame and guilt when we're striving for this, you know, perfect, thing and to always get it right and to people please other people versus experiencing the shame and guilt. What if we were just curious about it and we said, oh, well, that's really interesting. I set that boundary with that person and they did not understand what I was saying. I don't think maybe I need to be clearer the next time or word it differently. Or maybe when it comes to people pleasing I just need to be curious about why I'm wanting to please this particular person in this situation. What's deeper there? There's something deeper there that makes you want to please that particular person. So go into this next week thinking about all of these topics, just identifying where it comes up. You don't need to beat yourself up. Just saying, oh, there's that perfectionism Rachel was talking about. I see it. I see it now. 
Um, and just so you know, perfectionism does not mean that your house is perfectly clean. I feel like that is like, for some reason, what so many of my clients view as perfectionistic is that their house is perfectly clean. I'm like, no, no, no. There's so many ways that this can show up. Um, for me in particular, my house is clean most of the time, um, because I like it that way. And I've let a lot of things go. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all picked up and put away all the time, but it does have to be tidy. I like it. So cool. I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else. That's very different. So keep that in mind. Perfectionism is not just having a clean environment that you're living in. There's so many ways that it shows up in the world. So have a great week and we will be back next week for week five. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded of new episodes. This is not intended to be medical advice. This is for gray area drinkers that are wanting to evaluate their relationship with alcohol and cut back or quit altogether. If alcohol isn't ruining your life, but it's certainly not making it any better, you're in the right place.